I tried to do so many things and I spread myself way too thin. It was like five, six years ago at that point, we were almost bankrupt. That was a very low point in my life. I had left medicine. It was almost a total disaster, all because I lacked focus. Welcome to the Authentically Successful Show. I'm Carol Schultz, founder and CEO of Vertical Elevation, a talent equity and leadership coaching and advisory firm. We partner with founders and CEOs to create talent-centric organizations, either where they don't currently exist or rebuild companies into talent-centric organizations. We are committed to supporting your vision and values by creating healthy, successful companies, leveraging the best talent, retention, development, and succession strategies. Listen at the end of the show for information about becoming my next guest on one of the most important podcasts for building thriving companies. Here we go. Joining me today is Bobby Petty, founder and CEO of the Really Useful Information Company, aka Truick. Truick offers free tools and resources to aspiring entrepreneurs for starting their own businesses, including a step-by-step guide on how to start an LLC, a robust site of AI-powered apps, and much more. Bobby, I'm really looking forward to talking to you about this. Welcome to the show. Hi, Cal. So, so I, I'm 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 really interested in, I mean, I, I think it's pretty clear the problem that you're solving for your clients, and we'll talk a little bit more about that. But first, I want to say, you know, you launched the company about the same time that you launched another business, Sagara. And when you did that, you realized that how scarce, and you say elitist, entrepreneurial materials were. So... There's two things here. One is clearly what you realized, and this is what so many, you know, the most successful founders, I would say really the the common denominator among successful founders and companies is they re- they find a problem that actually has to be solved, right? Yes. And you discovered that when you started Sagara, right? That, that there were no materials for you to say, how do I do this? Yes, exactly. Um, yeah, and and you also mentioned how elitist they are. So let's let's kind of start there. What what is or was Sagara, and move into the scarcity and elite elitistness elitistness if that's a word of um, being able to find materials to start a, to learn about how to start a business. Um, basically, my background's medicine. First, I was a doctor. So when I started Sagra, we were trying to figure out how to basically manage stress, lower blood pressure. So we were trying to create health, health apps to change your lifestyle, to modify what you call chronic uh, diseases. Okay. Yes. So Sagra, we created health apps, breathing apps, uh, exercise apps, meditation apps. Got it. So that's what I was doing then. And so I came from England. So when I came to the U.S., I have no idea how to start a business in the U.S. or anything at all. So, uh, And I was changing my career from medicine into entrepreneurialism. And so uh, it was a big change. And none of that, I couldn't find any of the, how do you do this? I was like looking online and none of the steps were available at all. And everything was like, elitist probably is not, the accessibility was the biggest problem. It was not very accessible and mm-hmm. information. It wasn't easy to understand. It wasn't widely prevalent anywhere. And it was behind usually large paywalls, okay, uh, to get all of this information. And so mm-hmm. uh, I kind of, 
cobbled what I thought was the kind of process for doing it. And I was in Michigan at the time. And Okemos is the city where the, what you call Lara is, where you actually go to form your LLC in Michigan. So I actually drove down there and filled out the forms. And they told me, is this what I need to do? And they said, yes. Okay. Uh, and I thought, why is this, why was this so difficult to obtain? It took me over 12 hours of research at that time to get all this information. And wow. so we decided to, so when I was starting Sagra, I decided to start a new company called Truik, the really useful information company, and where I was going to provide all of this information for free. It was going to be my sort of good deed to help other entrepreneurs before I started my mm -hmm. business. Mm -hmm. And I researched how to do it in every state in America, and we created all the steps. And we were wow. the first site on the internet to provide all of this information for free, and in the manner that now every other site uses our template for providing the instructions. Aha. Okay. So that's probably a good segue into how you make your money. Okay. Right? You're providing free information. Yes. Is it the companies who are using your templates? They're the ones paying you? No, not at all. Uh, they just copied us. So, okay. So, so your revenues are somewhere north of $10 million. You're a private yes. company. You've bootstrapped it. How are you making money? Okay. So when we formed all of these free guides, people were asking us to form their LLCs for them. Okay. They read the guides really? and they're asking us to do it for them. And that's not what my strength is. Okay. I'm not a service right. provider. Okay. I was more about trying to make the information accessible and actionable. So we went to uh, meet all the companies doing it to figure out uh, what you call vet them all out. And we kind of did that. And doing that, we basically were able to say, here, uh, we have a large number of users who would like to use your service. Yeah. Can we provide the best deal for them? So we were able to bring the price down. So over the years, we brought the price down from several hundred dollars to $39. And we were about to bring the price down to $29 for our users now very soon. <laughs> okay. So that's the kind of thing we can do because we had volume of people coming to our site. And they had a large, what you call marketing costs, these companies, and they couldn't get these large volumes. We could provide them with massive volume. So there's an economy of scale there. And these companies then compensated us for providing them these large volume mm -hmm. of customers. Interesting. So we do affiliate links, you might say, but it's like a new, we take it to a new level, basically. Interesting. So is this like a one shot deal? Somebody comes and they pay you one time and then they're gone or is they it a pay us? Uh, they use a service where they get a discount for using the service and the service provider then pays us for every conversion. So walk me through an actual story. Okay. If I were if I were doing this, walk me through what, okay. what that would look like because I'm I'm having trouble picturing that in my mind. Fair enough. So you're trying to start a company, an LLC, okay? And you go to Google and you say, "How do I start an LLC?" Okay, and whatever state you're in, okay. Okay. Uh, yep. And so if you're in Texas, you say, "How do I start an LLC in Texas?" And then Google will give you the results. You have the ads at the top, then you have the organic results. Right. And the organic right. results we rank fairly high, and people would click on our page how to start an LLC in Texas page. They would see all the steps, okay? 90% of the people would actually follow the steps and actually form an LLC using a free Got guide. Got it. 10% of people want a free, want convenience. Then they'll see here, you can form an LLC for $39. They'll click we'll on that link, you. go to the service company, and the service company will do it for them. Wow, really interesting. Yeah. <laughs> so, so are you... I'm so curious. Are, are you still doing anything with Sagar or have you, you know, closed that shop up? 
Sakura, the apps are still out there. I'm basically waiting to get tricked to a certain stage at that point where I have more senior management and everything like this. And at that point, I want to spend... Uh, I'll have more resources. Sagra, to do what I need to do with Sagra, I'll need a few million dollars. <laughs> okay. Right. And once I have that revenue ready, I will then go on and reinvest it back into Sagra and update everything. Okay. That's it. Are, are you interested in, when, when you do do this with Sagra, are you going to just spend your own money or are you going to look for uh, capital for that? I'm curious. At this stage, I think I could self-finance it. That's it. Yeah. Got it. Okay. Um. So, so how does somebody that takes the time to go to med school and become a doctor just bail out on that? It's a lot of money to spend to turn to turn your business over to something totally different. <laughs> well, I was a doctor in the UK, so all my education mm-hmm. was paid for. So oh. I had no student loans or debts like this. Right, Plus got I it. Did yeah, about yeah, yeah. twenty thousand hours as a doctor. <laughs> okay, mm-hmm. so. I really didn't find it. I tried critical care medicine first, then I went into surgery, and I really never found anything I really was, what yeah, you call, about. it's very repetitive medicine. Yes. Okay. And when you have new ideas, and it's a bit stifling because you can't always bring your ideas huh, to what you call fruition easily in medicine, mm-hmm. and especially in the United Kingdom. So, I, so when I moved here, I kind of realized I came here to be a doctor here. I had a green card, okay, for a long time. And I just said, fine, if I'm going to make to move to the States, it's time I did. And I came here, so I had to do all my exams I did in medical school all over again. USMLE step one, step two, and all of those. So, uh, But to do them, I had to study for about six months. So I moved here, and I was studying for six months. And during that time, I realized... Uh, there are other things to life, you know? It gave me a bit more perspective change. Do you know when you have time off from something, it gives you a chance to take a break and get a new perspective on things. And so I decided, okay, I why am I going to put myself in a position where other people control mm-hmm. what I do? I wanted mm-hmm. the self-control and autonomy. And so yeah. at that point I became, I decided, okay, I was going to change careers completely. <laughs> wow. I did That's, the exams did, here. Yeah. But then mm-hmm. after finishing the exams, I just didn't apply. <laughs> Oh, that's really interesting. How did you end up in uh, Michigan? Well, Michigan was where my family, was, a lot of, I had my cousins here and everything like that. So when I was, the time when I was studying here, I, I just needed a support system. So you go where the family is first, okay? Yep. Then yep. I move, I step out from there. Got it. Got it. That's it. So, you know, it, leading a company of now about 40 employees, you know, a first time, basically a first time founder, um, you know, you, you basically started both companies at the same time. If, if you look over, over this time since you founded the company, what are we, 12, 13 years ago now? Um, what would you say are some of the biggest mistakes, aha moments that you had to look back and go, oh, I, I got to make some changes here. This is not working for me. I think my biggest mistake, okay, one was to do with character. I had to learn a few things. I had to learn humility. Okay. Oh, uh, learn to take advice from other people. Uh, that was the thing. Coming from medicine, I had a more arrogant attitude yeah, to things. Right. That's exactly and, what I was thinking. Uh, mm-hmm. That was the first That's thing. That's exactly I what I was thinking. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And that was mm-hmm. one aspect. The second aspect I had to do was focus. Because I could do a lot of things. But the problem is you only have so many resources. And I spread, when I was doing Sagra, I spread my resources way too thin. And that ultimately led to it 
my inability to what you call succeed with Sagra because I try to do so many things and I spread myself way too thin. And that was a it was like five, six years ago at that point where I was nearly, we were almost bankrupt. <laughs> uh, and that was a very low point in my life. I had left medicine. Uh, I did this. And uh, it was a total disaster. <laughs> almost a total disaster. Mm-hmm. And that yeah, was that's- All because I lacked focus. Mm-hmm. What, what did you, you know, how did you discover that you lacked humility? <laughs> no, you, you reflect. Okay. It's like, I, so one of the things we did, we increased those meditation apps and everything like that. When you're doing that, you reflect and you think, what led, what, what led you to your actions, you see? And I realized there were a lot of people who were guiding me in the right path and I didn't listen sometimes. But, but what had you finally say, you know, I got to listen to these people. Well, I guess failing. I'm, <laughs> failing I'm, okay, in Sagra was a big eye-opener. Okay. That was it. I mean, there's nothing, there's no greater lesson, okay, teacher than failure. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, one, one, one should hope that that's the case, right? Yeah, that's it. Um, you know, what are they, what, you know, insanity, the definition of insanity, right? Doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. Yes. So I think that, that that's great. So... Um, so you learned how to focus, you learned humility, um, you know, as a leader of other human beings, is there anything else that you, you have, have particularly, you know, things that you were challenged by or made mistakes at or didn't see? And then later down the road, you said, oh gosh, I need to change this to be a better CEO. I'm realizing that you got to meet people where they are. That's the thing, okay? So I have certain expectations of ability and things like that. Right. And mm-hmm. not everyone is going to do everything or be as invested in something mm-hmm. as I am. And sometimes that's very frustrating if you are, okay, a founder, okay? And I'm realizing that it was unfair of me to expect certain things for certain people, okay? Mm-hmm. And expecting that, okay, level. Mm-hmm. Okay, and so... That was the biggest thing. And I kind of realized that I was being unfair on some people like this and I needed to adapt that. That was probably the biggest one. Mm, okay. That's fantastic. That's a great aha. That was it. Okay. Are there competitors in your business? Oh, yes. Um, so, so, yeah, what's the competitive landscape look like? <laughs> the biggest competitors are actually the service providers themselves. Okay. And ah, publishing companies, okay, these are the biggest competitors to us. Okay. Because once everyone figured out what we were doing and ranking up, everyone copied our model. Like if I have one page with this title, they'll create five pages similar to the same titles we have. Yeah. Well, but right. If of course. I have four yeah. LC and five easy steps, they have that. They have 20 ads with the same titles, same pages, oh, all up on Google. Okay. Yeah. Like this. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's one of the biggest challenges. And mm-hmm. we noticed that as the number of ads has increased on Google, uh, the amount of organic traffic we've been getting has been dropping and dropping and dropping. Uh, That's the other thing. So Google used to show maybe one ad at the top, then it used to become two ads. Now there are entire paragraphs of ads. It's okay. horrible. So organic yeah, it's horrible. So traffic just keeps dropping. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. mm-hmm. That was one of the things we realized. Okay. And so, uh, so that's one of the competitors or these service companies. But not only do they take out ads, but now they're ranking organically as well. 
So that's the other thing. And then you have the publishing companies as well. Like everyone's realized how lucrative this is. And so everyone else is coming into this field. That's really interesting. So what are you doing to rise above the dreck? (laughs) Basically, separate the wheat from the chaff, as one might say. Yeah, that's the thing. We innovate. We always constantly look, how can we do this better? Okay, like we create images that try to explain everything in one go. We create entire YouTubes on how to form analysis in every single state. Uh, And we try and explain to you every aspect of what it is. Better, easier, simpler than everybody else is doing it. Uh, Then we create tools as well. Like if you wanted to find the right business idea, we researched over 800 business ideas. We spent about six months trying to figure out how to actually create the template for the ideas. Like, uh, is this the right idea for you? Is this the kind of format you want to do? What is it like to do this kind of business? What do you? What is involved in this? So we kind of researched all of them. Then we kind of re- um, figured out how to scale all that up to 800 business ideas. Then we created a tool to help you find it. <laughs> so you tell us what your industries are interested in. All of this for free. Then we also did things like uh, business plan, how to help you create a business plan in the UK, right. how to get a company operating agreement. We created all of these things for free. And we basically spent a lot of time researching all of that stuff and creating all of these things. Then we went into AI. <laughs> okay. Uh, and okay. so now we have like how to create a business name generator uh, using advanced AI techniques. I think we're the only ones who truly use real AI in it. Everybody else is using using algorithms to kind of do this, but we actually use, okay, okay, we train our own AI models and things like that. Ah, we have our own supercomputer as well to actually make sure that it's okay, capable of actually running a model that size. Ah, and so that's the kind of thing, and we do all of this for free. Right. Is your whole marketing focus 100% internet-based, people need to find us? Um, and if so, have you considered a different type of marketing to bring in customers, or would that even make sense to do so? Well, we are now. Like, I mean, like do you have a sales organization? Well, one of the things we do is we don't actually charge you for anything on our site. Everything we provide, we provide for free. Like we have a logo maker, we have a QR code generator. Everything is for free, 100%. There is no, what you call, hidden fees or anything, okay? Uh, And so, one, it is internet-based. Now we're actually going off the internet, okay? We're actually doing things like road signs, okay? Uh, And doing like highway cleaning signs, yeah? Really? Interesting. We kind of fit it in more with our ethos, okay? Because when we do those, we pay for uh, highways to be cleaned, for about a mile of highway to be cleaned, okay? Right. And locations in about five states at the moment. We're going to expand it to all 50 states slowly, okay? Right. But we pick the states that we know the traffic with the highest thing, and we do that. And everyone said, why are you doing that? It's kind of... But my thing is, if you see our road signs, you see Truick on the road signs. Then you see it on the YouTube channel, Truick. Then you see it on your SERP results when you Google something. Thing, and you see Truick there as well. Well, of course, right. Yeah, so, and mean, so we're kind of doing it so that we want 10% uh, of the population of America to see us every single uh, month, you see. Right, well, and that, that of course, is a tried and true uh, um, method. It's used, of course, in politics, right? Yes. Where the more you say something, whether it's the truth or not, the more people believe it. Well, in this case, we're not actually trying to push an agenda. We're just giving free. Well, I understand that, but the, <laughs> yeah. my point is, is you're, you know, if you're, if you want everybody, ten percent of the population to see you every day, you've got to be in front of them saying 
saying something. Yes. So they see your name. That's yes. that's really what I'm getting at, right? Absolutely. Is the more that the more that people see something or hear something, the yes. more they start to remember it. Yes. You know, and that's that's, you know, anytime you are, you know, w- what you've done, it, it sounds like what you've done is really take it, it, it gone into a business because you found a need and and you know disrupted something and now everybody's trying to copy what you've done so they're they're not the ones having to reinvent a wheel you're the ones yes. who had to, you're the one who had to reinvent the wheel right pretty much <laughs> um what would you say and it's probably something you've already said but what would you say uh, if anything bugs you about your industry it's the SEO aspect as well. Okay, it's like creating the best content does not mean you rank up. Okay, yeah, um, it's like the bigger you are, the higher you rank. That's basically the biggest thing, and so uh, that's been a challenge. Okay, and Google algorithm, each algorithm update favors the guys who are bigger and bigger. Okay, uh, not necessarily the most innovative, mm-hmm. but the ones who mm-hmm. are most what you call larger presence. You see, well, of course, uh, I mean, and so know, that's the Oracle. Way, that's you know, one IBM thing. fill so, in the blank. Yeah. yeah. And so that's the one reason why we are doing our best to keep innovating. Ah, we have no choice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, you have a choice to not innovate. I mean, I know, but you know, realize that there is that, you know, there is a choice there. You know, you choose you choose to innovate, however. Absolutely. Right? I that's, mean, if you want if you want to survive, if you want to keep moving forward, that's what you have to do. It's not enough to survive. We want to thrive. Okay. Well, and of I course. Yeah. yeah, I get it. So yeah. um you know, what would you say makes you better than your competitors? I guess we have an example. Our seed song is very simple. Helping people succeed by making information accessible and actionable using a leverage-based approach, okay? And we don't just provide you information. We want to really make it very actionable. So, like... The way we present the content, the way we write, everything is like such that even an eleven-year-old can understand it. Right. Okay. Right. right. Huh? We try to meet the user where they are, okay, and take them to the next step. So, the way we provide the information is one aspect. The other aspect is we don't just think about where people are today. We think about where the market is going. And we are now creating things for where we think the market will be in two, three years' time, mm-hmm. things like that. And we don't just think, hey, this is the size, this is the market here, this is the size, we should go after that. We actually think, like example, we're now doing, example, when we started the LLC, the number of LLCs formed wasn't that high. I actually think we had an influence on making LLCs far more accessible. So the number, of, we created a market. Mm-hmm. Do you see? And I think yeah. we did that in a big way. And so we're now trying to figure out what other markets we can create now mm-hmm. and actually, uh, which will be big, okay, if we actually put in the effort and energy and two to three years' time. And we're doing that now. And so we have teams figuring all that stuff out. So this is the thing we're very forward thinking. Uh, we're embracing technology far more strongly than any of our competitors. We're right. willing to go offline as well. We're willing to do sponsorships. We're willing to do. Uh, Lots of the things to put on road signs, ah, sponsor events, things like that. We're doing all of that stuff. A lot of people just create a blog and just this. Ah, that's not it. We're also doing podcasts ourselves. We're doing YouTube channels. We're doing right. AI tools. All of these in conjunction. Okay, make mm-hmm. us really quite formidable, I think. That's terrific. So uh, as, I, as I mentioned um, uh, earlier, you've got about 40 employees. What does that look like? I mean, how large is your executive team? What's the, what's the makeup of that executive team? And then, you know, what does that, you know, the rest of that look like in your organization? 
kind of how's it laid out? Our executive team is about four people at the moment. Okay. Including <laughs> yeah. yourself. Yes, including myself. It's about four mm -hmm. people. Then I guess we're organized very differently from other what you call companies. <laughs> okay. Ah. We're like, what I have is every project I have, we, we like to call a mission commander. <laughs> That's his mm -hmm. job, is to make that work. <laughs> okay. Okay. And so he will have access to tech people if he'll, because he'll need to create technology stuff. He'll have access to design team. He'll have access to video. He'll have access to writers, content managers. Okay. Ah. And so he'll have access to all of those people and he'll be given a clear what you call seed song for every project. What is it you have to do? Huh? And he'll be given that and they'll be, or she, okay, sorry. Okay, most of our, and they'll be given those there which you call uh, parameters and they'll be, once they have it all figured out, they're given the team mm -hmm. and then their mission is to execute it using all the different teams in place. And the leadership team essentially is there to make sure that Nothing stands in their way. Do you know what I mean? It's smooth. Mm -hmm. The process, the communication process mm -hmm. is smooth. Mm -hmm. Ah, all the different departments are working, what you call, ah, well together, you see? Okay. And then what also then to discuss with the mission commanders like this, what is it that you need done? Okay. What is holding you back and make sure they're on track. That's really it. Okay. Ah, so the leadership team is there really just to provide support. To, Great. Okay. So, okay. okay. So basically, the people are executing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. um, is your leader? Are, <laughs> I always kind of hate to ask this question because I always put somebody on the spot. Do you have any women on your leadership team? Actually, it's one, two. Actually, it's five people in our leadership team, including me. Okay. So okay. Okay. So, okay. Three of them are women. <laughs> Oh, fantastic. Okay, great. Uh, our CEO I love to hear is that. Female as well, and okay. we're female-owned business. Majority female-owned. <laughs> Oh, you are? Yes. Oh, so, so you're a majority female there. and majority. Okay. Most of our leadership team is actually female. <laughs> okay. That's fantastic. Well, that's what wonderful. That's wonderful to hear. So tell me a little bit about, uh, Bobby, your, your talent strategy and where you've found challenges. You know, you've grown to, like I said, about 40 employees over the past 13 years. Um, where have you seen your challenges in growing and growing and growing your people side of the business there? <sighs> Basically, the kind of things we're doing is very specialized. So we need a very we need to train up people, and it takes a very long time to train them up with all the skill sets. So they need to understand mm -hmm. SEO. They need to understand digital marketing. Mm -hmm. They need to understand mm -hmm. UX. They need to understand a lot for the people right. we need in the to carry out a project. You need a combination of all of those. You see, sure. Ah, otherwise, I'd have to do that, and I don't want to be well, the one doing right. everything. Of course, right well, and you staff. shouldn't be. Yes. Mm -hmm. So it's like, how do we recruit these people and how do we train them up? Ah, and because it's an ongoing training process. And I guess my biggest challenge is, is that how, a lot of the stuff I was doing, I was kind of realized I was doing instinctively. Okay. Ah, and I don't know what I was. So if I had to break it down and train somebody else up. Ah, and so that was the first challenge is like, mm -hmm. what is it we were actually doing that was successful and breaking down those elements that were successful. Mm -hmm. ah, ah, and so it's like when you do something, you're doing it well. Why? What is it you're doing? Okay. Instinctively well. Okay. Ah, and then you got to figure that part out. So one was creating the training manual. Okay. And the problem now is that when someone gets trained and they're that capable, guess what? They can go ahead and do the same thing themselves. <laughs> 
so we have a lot of okay so we had people wanting to try in their own projects and they were side projects and Good. they were becoming successful therefore they were going mm-hmm. on to do this and we're not there to host pull them back in our way. So that's been one of the challenges. Wait, a challenge of finding somebody that's got an entrepreneurial spirit or getting them trained? I'm, I'm, con- I'm a little confused. No, no, so what I'm saying is retaining becomes more of a challenge. Once it ah, becomes so gotcha, skilled, the retention piece. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because once it becomes that skilled, you know, they can actually start their own company. <laughs> they, they know how to Correct. do all of this stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's been one of the challenges. So we're now giving ownership of the company to our employees, things like that. We're figuring out how to do it better and better. Huh? So there's that aspect. Then there's the other aspect, which is... When we want to do these kind of things where we need more of what you call um, leaders, you see, and what are their backgrounds? How are we going to find them? And one of the things I find is that I need leaders to be coming to the office. Okay, because working from home, if you're in a leadership position, doesn't work very well. Okay. Why not? Uh, Because we can't innovate. As I told you, we have very, almost all our competition, okay. much bigger, far larger budgets. We mm-hmm. have, as I was saying, how do we come up with where the market's going to be? How do we create new markets? All of that mm-hmm. stuff. You're not going to be able to do that very easily over the phone. And it's like you need a group to come together and brainstorm this regularly. Huh? And you can't do that when you are what you call remote. It's not easy to do that. Uh, I haven't found an effective way of doing that. I should say that, okay? I, I'm not very good at doing that remotely. <laughs> Huh? So this is the thing. So we need people to bring people to Michigan, and we're in a small town, okay, small city, Ann Arbor, Michigan. It's got its features, but a lot of people want big cities and things like that. I, I mean, I don't know. You know, I went to graduate school in Ann Arbor. I, I don't know why anybody wouldn't want to live there. <laughs> That's the thing. We're yeah. finding people. I mean, if I moved back to Michigan, I'd probably move to Ann Arbor, back to Ann Arbor. I mean, that would be me. I wouldn't move back to the Midwest, but... <laughs> But, but the point is, is that, you know, I mean, if, if you don't believe Ann Arbor is worth somebody living in, how are they going to believe it? No, I believe it. I understand that, but you're, but you're, but you're making a, you're making a blanket. People want to go live in the cities. Well, you don't know that. Oh yeah. yeah, You need to go find people who want to live in a thriving college town with, with the largest football stadium in the United States. Absolutely. You know, I mean, there's yeah. a lot of selling points. There is a lot right? of selling points. I mean, I can and... personally say that I lived three blocks from Michigan Stadium when I was there. <laughs> you know, and and you know, right next to that was Chrysler Arena. Yeah. So, I mean, it was it was exciting. I mean, it was exciting for me in my 20s. It would probably, I mean, I wouldn't want to live right there anymore. Yeah. But, um, but you know, you're still living in a really thriving university town. There's well, country university towns. Yeah. yeah. I enjoy Ann Arbor. That's why I'm here. Uh, I just saying, just realizing in the past, like the winters in Michigan. Okay. Horrible. I do I do recall that part. Okay. And that's the thing. Ugh, it's like awful. once we've been to two winters or something like that, that's when I yeah. started to, to go, the retention part became an issue. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, then, 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 you know, then what that tells me is you need to, you know, you need to change your recruiting strategy a little bit, right? Yeah. Um, to make sure that you're you're qualifying that and and did i hear you say you are not giving ownership to employees we are we are giving ownership you are okay i that's why i thought to myself well that's why you have a retention problem um so how do how do what does that ownership look like because you know is it you know when you're venture capital you know when you're venture capitalized you you know you can give out equity you can give out you know pre-ipo options so what does that look like in a in a solely owned company that's equity like you 
We give out equity. It still is. Okay. okay. It is still equity in the company like this. It's more like it gives them the ability, it gives them a sense of honor. Do you know that they belong here? Of course here, it does. Not part of it. Yeah. And that's the thing that matters the most for realizing. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so it's working. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's it. But recruitment problem is. This is a hard market. Okay, in case of, okay, it generally mm-hmm. is the macro environment is challenging to find people and to find good people. That's the mm-hmm. thing. And well, that's everybody's dealing with that. And you know. finding out so finding out what makes a good person for our mm-hmm. company, things like mm-hmm. that. Uh, we kind of identified that now. Okay. Good. Uh, and so now finding those people uh, and it takes time to develop trust as well. I say it takes about mm-hmm. four seasons in a crisis before you can trust someone. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Four seasons in a crisis. Um, it, 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 why do you think that is? Uh, because you really trust. Real trust is like when you know someone, you can really do something. It takes time. Okay, you have to know each other. Again, it takes time to know people. And right. then when everything's going smoothly, people are nice. Mm-hmm. It's when things mm-hmm. are not going smoothly. That's why the crisis elements. That's when well, you, of course, right. That's when you really get to know someone's real character. Mm-hmm. Huh? Mm-hmm. And so that's why I say it takes time and a crisis. Okay, four seasons and a crisis. <laughs> that's fantastic. Um, what would you say you're most proud of, Bobby, with relation to your organization? So one of the things we did was during COVID, et cetera, we, we basically made the minimum salary in our company 75,000. Okay, across the board. So a lot of people did that. We give them what you call f- the health insurance is completely, f- uh, what you call, we pay 100% of that for them mm-hmm. and all their, okay. Awesome. Uh, immediate family, we pay for all of that right. stuff. Uh, we made sure we... We did a lot. We, we're, we take a very lot of proactive measures to reduce fear and things like that, okay? And treat people with respect. Like, we give them what you call, we have things like personal days where uh, we're not asking for an, uh, what you call, here, I have to take today off. We don't want an explanation. Just say personal day, personal morning. We understand uh, life happens, yeah? So we want to, our goal was always treat people with respect and to do all of that stuff. And so that's the kind of thing we've been doing a lot of, you see? And so, and I think in that sense, we were, we did a really good job. And we also, before COVID happened, we had a really good team atmosphere and everything like that. We had a lot of, ah, do you know, it was really good. But after COVID, now remote and all of this has created new mm-hmm. challenges. And we're trying to figure out how do we, what you call, navigate this post-COVID world. <laughs> right. That's well, it. you know, and, and you talk about a lot of the things that you did uh, around COVID and, and so on to make people feel safer and, and whatever that might be. But my question is, is is that something you came up with and, you know, you and your team came up with to say, let's do this? Or did you actually ask your employees what they needed? Ah. Uh. Well, I didn't ask them about the salary component. We actually discussed as a leadership. Okay, we kind of decided what are the things that make people feel, you know, giving them more autonomy, a lot more sense of autonomy mm-hmm. is uh, minimum salary requirements, things like that. Even if you were just a, uh, uh, mm-hmm. whatever job you did, you got that minimum amount. And then other people mm-hmm. obviously got raises proportionately. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. We mm-hmm. kind of did all of that stuff. Um, so did I ask everyone what they needed? We 
We've had talks with people, so we kind of asked them what their challenges were and things like that. And if anyone need, so we did sort of community chats every week. So mm -hmm. uh, what is it that you need help with? Things like that. So we did ask in that sense. But the, so we did do those kind of things. But in terms of the company structure stuff, I guess I didn't ask them. <laughs> or we figured this common sense stuff would be it. <laughs> Well, and, and it and, and 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 really it depends, right? And and uh, you know, I'm I'm a big, big, big advocate. You know, especially anybody who reads a lot of you know some of what I've written. I'm a big advocate of cultures of feedback. Yeah. Right. Um, and I think one of the biggest, one of the bigger mistakes that that leaders make is not actually asking their employees what they need. They make assumptions. True based on what they think. Well, that makes it about you, not actually about them. So that, that, and that's the reason I mentioned that because that is just, it's, it's one more way, um, to frankly retain people Yeah, by asking what their needs are. Right. I mean, listen, having, having community chats with people, I think that's great. You know, and do those, and do those happen with other people there, or is that a one-on-one -on -one conversation? Right. Initially, yeah, with other people there. Okay, and so because people may or may not feel comfortable talking. Yeah, absolutely. So that's why we now have the leadership team. They do all the one-on-one -on -one chats, and they're doing Fantastic. all that stuff. Okay. Okay, that's great. Uh, I don't tend to focus on those aspects. <laughs> okay, uh, but we, as I said, there are a lot of what you call. Nah, they're present and the rest of the leadership team are much more, their job is to listen to everybody, to yep. ah, meet people and things like that. And they are doing yep. that. And Good. so they do a lot of things under the hood that I don't even know about. <laughs> That's it. Really? Why is that? Ah, I focus on what I need to focus on, I guess. <laughs> okay. And mm -hmm. we had like... Google updates, crisis, like the partnership issues, things like that. And so I need to, I want to, I need to be, I need to pay my attention to where it needs to be mm -hmm. uh, and where my strengths are. Well, I don't disagree with that for sure. Yeah. And they're, frankly, they're much better at it than I am. <laughs> mm -hmm. Interesting. So uh, how would you define your company culture? Define our company culture. Treat people with respect. That's the biggest thing, okay? How do I treat them with respect? So we make sure everyone is treated well, paid well. Right. Huh? They get a good chance to have a good life balance. Mm -hmm. Like we have a uh, decent number of vacations like this. We have two weeks off at, during the, what you call December to January kind of time, mm -hmm. okay? Mm -hmm. huh? We have every like uh, federal holiday, we add an extra day to it. <laughs> So they get long weekends mm -hmm. off. Okay. Ah, for Thanksgiving, we'll give another two days off like this. Plus, mm -hmm. they get another two weeks off, things like that. So we make sure that people get the time they need off. Okay. Uh, we do that. As I was saying, we have the personal days. You don't need to mm -hmm. uh, give any advance notice of yep. it or anything sure. like that. If you mm -hmm. need to, life happens like this. Uh, if you need to talk to people, we provide people you can talk to. Mm hmm Huh? And to discuss things. Okay. Mm -hmm. So all of that stuff. And there's that aspect. So we want, the other aspect is that we're constantly trying to help people improve, you know, train people, okay? And Excellent. actually grow. We want to help Great. our employees grow. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. And then we also, so I guess the phrase we tended to use was we want to, uh, we basically do our team, our share. Then next is our shareholders. Then it's our community. 
Mm-hmm. Okay, that's the sort of priority for our company. Okay, mm-hmm. so rather than what you call reduced salaries at the expense of, you know, dividends or anything like that, we will not do that. The team comes right. first, first, okay? Right. Then it's the shareholders, then it's the community. So we want Good. to basically, Good. so how we grow, teach, do our company culture in terms of our team, in terms of how we view our community. Like we give 15% of our basically profits uh, to charity as well every month. Great. Uh, That's awesome. So, yeah. So we then try to give back to the community as well as much as we can uh, in terms of uh, mentorship, trying to train other what you call entrepreneurs, uh, mm-hmm. providing grants, uh, then to nonprofits as well. That's fantastic. Um, so, you know, given, given all the innovating that you're doing, that you've talked about, where do you see yourself investing in resources to continue your growth like over the next year or so? Well, the technology side, definitely. Uh, we really are mm-hmm. doubling down on the technology side, the content mm-hmm. side and partnerships, actually, because one of the things is we're realizing is that every aspect of starting a business from the business ideas to the business planning, to the business formation, to uh, all the components you need to operate your business, then how do you grow it, market it? So that's the kind of thing we're really focused on at the moment. Uh, Figuring out all our brands, what are the partnerships we need to form with every company to do this, uh, to get all the services for you at a much lower cost, things like this. And also cooperation. Um, It's like... It's very hard for us to grow on our own, okay? We need to find other companies with similar values to us, yes. okay? And we're now trying to find those companies. And use, and with the help of those companies, we think we can actually ah, grow a lot faster and hold our own against much bigger players. That's terrific. You know, you talked a little bit about how, you know, you stay focused on the things that you're really good at. So it kind of paint me a picture of what your day-to-day looks like as a leader? I, well, I guess in the morning when I get up, things like that, I will meditate and I'll exercise, okay? And that's very important for me because it just, it provides me the energy to do what I need to do. I get that. Hmm? Then I, get that. I go through yeah. what I call the daily disciplines, <laughs> okay? Huh? So I have to know where my company is. Okay, so I go through all the analytics, I go through all the revenue, I go through ah, my watchtowers. Okay, it's like, what's gone up? What's gone down? You know, we have those kind of reports. <laughs> okay, and I go through all of that. And I kind of, then I go through all the different projects where in my head, you know, I go through all of those things and I see, where are we? Okay, with those things. Uh, who do I need to speak to? I kind of understand this. Then I kind of think, uh, then I just set it all aside and just think, where am I? What do I, what is really holding me back? Ask that big questions first. <laughs> okay, this is the part of the daily discipline. You've got to ask yourself, what is actually holding you back every single day, okay? And what is the one thing I can do today to make a difference? And after that, I look at my emails. <laughs> That's it. I don't touch those things without yeah. looking at it, okay? Yeah, that's great. Otherwise, you just get into task mode. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm trying to avoid doing that as much as possible now. Uh, task mode is not, growth does not come from doing tasks, I'm realizing. Okay. And that is the thing, fundamentally structuring, okay? And that's the kind of thing. Then, I guess, 
we have the weekly leadership meetings where we'll go and ah, speak to the weekly leaders and things like that. But otherwise, in any given day, I want to focus on one or two things. And ah, any given week, I already know what I'm going to focus on. And mm -hmm. I'll then continue with those tasks and meetings and things like that that week. Great. That's really it. So, okay. Well, you know, that's, that's enough. Um, how, do you, how do you spend your time when you're not working? What do you do in your free time? Cycling. <laughs> okay. Traveling. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, they're the two biggest things I guess I do. Okay. Uh, I like mm -hmm. doing going to parks, things like that, playing chess, reading. <laughs> mm -hmm. That's fantastic. Um, is there anything that I haven't asked you today that you want to talk about? Nothing really. We're just basically, okay. uh, our goal is to provide the best tools for entrepreneurs. Fantastic. In an easily accessible way. That's mm -hmm. it. So easy to understand. And we, we also value the privacy of our users. So we don't like yeah. track you across the internet. We nice. don't put cookies into true this. Very okay. nice. Huh? Yeah. And when you use our tools, if we don't need your email to do something, we will not ask you for it. Okay. Yeah. The only thing we ask you like to create an account for is like the business plan creation or the operating plan because people don't do those in one go. They right. need their information. They need to mm -hmm. save it. Otherwise, we will not ask you for any of that stuff. Huh? really do that. That's about the other thing. Awesome. So if somebody listening to this likes your story, likes yeah. what you've built and is thinking that, you know, they might like to potentially work for your company, what should they do? Uh, I guess email us. Okay. <laughs> Info at trick.com. Okay. Okay. Send us an email. And mm -hmm. we're looking for what you call uh, project managers or mission commanders like this. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, we're looking for backend developers. We're looking for, uh, oh, I guess, AI, more AI. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, all of those. That's who we're looking for. Okay. Well, then uh, what more do I need to say? Uh, Bobby Petty, founder and CEO of the really useful information company. Truick.com. Uh, as Truick. Yes. T-R-U-I-C.com. Right? Yes. Uh, thanks for being with me. This was an interesting conversation. I appreciate your time. Thank you very much, Carol, for having me on your show. Thank you for listening to Authentically Successful. If you are a successful founder or CEO who would like to be on this program, please visit verticalelevation.com slash podcast slash apply. If you learned something from this interview and it made a difference, please share it on LinkedIn or Twitter. You can also do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend. And if you know of someone who would be a great guest, tag them on LinkedIn or Twitter to let them know about the show and include the hashtag authentically successful. I love seeing your posts and great suggestions. Lastly, we are regularly putting out new episodes and content. And to make sure you don't miss any episodes, please subscribe. Your thumbs up, ratings, and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and mean a lot to me and my team. If you want to know more, go to our website, verticalelevation.com, or follow me on LinkedIn. This is Carol Schultz. Thanks again for listening and see you next time.